Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio family, good morning. Happy weekend. And once again, welcome back. The weekend edition of Community Focus heard on our Odyssey stations. And again, this wonderful opportunity, not only with your fine company, Radio Family, but particularly and including members of our Community Focus family. I mention this just about every weekend. It continues to grow. So I want to say good morning to two of our newest members. But before I introduce them by name, I also, as I typically try to do, Radio Family is to give you a heads up of what our topic of discussion will be. And as you know, on this public affairs program, we try to engage in as much on various topics when it comes to various conversations. This one today is a conversation that for many of us may be uncomfortable to have or it may be difficult to have, but it's one of the many necessary conversations to have, but this because of the fact that I truly am looking forward to this conversation that will better educate us on the information, but particularly will empower us to be more empathetic and sympathetic to our fellow man. Now, this is a conversation and a topic of discussion that actually many of us are likely relatively familiar with. But again, I want to get into the particulars. And especially as it relates to an important date, I want to go ahead and mention National HIV Testing Day. It is set to take place locally in our area on June 27th. And we'll get into the particulars with that. And so with that said, and now that you know what our discussion will be about this morning, I want to say good morning and extend a huge radio hug. I'm still not getting used to not being able to have radio family with me in the studio, but hopefully that's going to change on down the road. Tori Johnson serves as the clinical mental health counselor, and you are part of Getting to Happy Wellness. Tori, good morning. Thank you, radio family. Welcome to, welcome to Community Focus. How are you, my dear? I'm well. Thank you for having me here. I Thank you so much. I'm- you're so welcome. I'm very excited to have you here. And we have someone joining the two of us who by, Tori, I'm pretty sure some in our listening audience and part of our radio family may already know this gentleman. Some may not. So here is a great opportunity to say good morning to a really good friend to the two of us. He happens to be not only a national inspirational speaker, but he's also an HIV AIDS activist. And Thomas E. Claudfelter 
How are you, my friend? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. You're Thank you for having us. Absolutely. It is a joy to have you both on the program. And as I just mentioned, to engage in a conversation to not only better educate us, uh, Tori and Thomas, but really to dispel, first and foremost, a lot of misinformation that's still out there about HIV and AIDS and particularly to, again, give us the accurate information and what we need to know, especially if we know of someone who is personally affected or just to know in general, as I mentioned, the importance of of just treating each other uh, with the respect and dignity, whether we have HIV or AIDS or not. We're all human beings and we all should really love and, and treat each other with the kindness and respect. That is so well deserved. So let me begin by asking, and Tori, I'm going to address this question to you. And and Thomas, feel free anytime to uh, interject. But why is it important for an individual, a Tori, to know their status first and foremost? Um, Well, just on a very basic level, I mean, I feel like knowing your status is important so that you'll know how to take care of yourself primarily. um, And then from being able to take care of yourself, obviously being able to protect others that you may come in contact with when you're having sexual relationships with them. So knowing your status is really an act, a radical act of Mm self-love, in my opinion. Um, And just as we would want to know if our bodies were um, coming down with issues with diabetes, or if you wanted to know if your body or your heart uh, was at risk for heart failure, heart disease, you want to know your status. And so the same thing applies to your sexual health as well. And I think that's a very good point. And the importance of any time that we we are sick with, with an ailment or something, we typically will go to a doctor or we will try to find out exactly what is causing our bodies to go through these these different uh, functions or ailments or difficulties that we may be going through. And that's so important, especially for those who are sexually active. Absolutely. Right. Now, yeah. how long have you served, first of all, as a clinical mental health counselor? Yes, so I am um, new to the profession, right? So I've been a, a professional counselor since 2018. Um, So I started my practice in 2018, um, working with individuals, families, and groups, um, doing, you know, therapy, outpatient therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been a therapist in many different settings um, since 2018, but I love the private practice sector. I love being able to build relationships and rapport with my clients, and I love the opportunity for me to be able to be a social justice advocate Mm -hmm. in addition to a therapist because I was a social justice advocate first, and I believe in community. I believe in healing community. I believe in bringing community together. So it's just been a part of who I am as a person right. um, way before I um, pursued therapy as a profession. Wow. That is so amazing. And I don't know if you get told this a lot, Tori, you have such a youthful voice. So it's likely <laughs> that people equate to the fact, well, she must be so young that she's just a baby or still just a baby. But that could be to your advantage. Trust me, as you get older, yes, yes. <laughs> that will definitely right. be to your advantage. Um, yes. But, you know, I'm not immune to life experiences either. Right. So I've been through quite my, my fair share of things as well. But yeah. 
But yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> okay. Well, you are definitely an advocate and you're a finder. And it's it's really great to the relationships that you are able to develop as a result of your profession. Tell me, speaking of which, how did the relationship with you and Thomas come about? Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> like where wow. to begin, right? Uh, and Thomas is laughing, too. <laughs> so, listen, Thomas, I, I can't even recall the first day I met Thomas. Yeah. But I know it's been some time ago. Right. And it was probably out in the community mm-hmm. at some community awareness event. I do remember seeing him at a quite a few HIV awareness events. In fact, my alma mater, Guilford College, had one, an HIV awareness event, and Thomas was there. And I remember just embracing him. It's every time I meet him, we start right where we leave, right where we left off. And so this particular time, I was just minding my business, walking downtown, and I saw Thomas. Right. And of course, we embraced each other. We caught up with each other, how well we've been doing, and what kind of things we had going on. And from there, we both just like, we need to do something. And I was like, well, National HIV um, testing day is coming up. Let's make it happen. And the rest is history. I feel like sometimes when you get planted with a seed to do good work, Mm -hmm. you just go for it, you know, and that's exactly what Thomas and I did for this event. And I will add to that, Tori, Thomas just has that magnetic or magnetic, if I can get the word out, (laughs) magnetic personality. Thank you. (laughs) Because I'll say it about 10 (laughs) times before it sounds right in my mind. But he just has that amazing, that's a better word. I can say amazing personality that just draws you to him. Mm -hmm. And Thomas, let let, let me add, is there anything you want to add to that very first meeting that you had with Tori? (laughs) I just knew already by God's grace and claimed what he he had showed me. My ministry has just been by faith, mm-hmm. by what I wanted to see, yeah. by the promises that I made to God. Being diagnosed in 90 and through donating blood, and then have to just had to just learn, understand, and accept mm-hmm. my status. Right, and from there. I sit down and I put all my faith and talk to God and said, okay, what are we going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Went back to prison in 96. And then, I mean, it's just been like believing, faith, willpower. Uh, it's been a challenge. Mm-hmm. And when you talk the questions you asked Tori a while ago about why is it so important for HIV to get tested, know your status, I can truly say that. Knowing your status and understanding your status, because when I got tested, mm-hmm. I mean, when I um, found out my um, status, I didn't get tested. I donated blood. They sent it off. I got a certified letter in the mail telling me to go to the, Gif- the um, Lexington, Davidson County Health Department. They was going to send the police after me. I'm a black man, you know, and that scared me because, you know, you don't know which way that could have went. Exactly. And then just to be able to accept and absorb your HIV, and I'm co-infected with hepatitis B, mm. and just to be a brave, bold, right. strong enough, willing enough, not letting nobody tell you that you couldn't do it, walking these streets, beating these streets, on the bus, in the rain, that's, what it's got, that's what's got to be done. Somebody got to do it. And through God's grace and mercy, just creating, forming my own platform, building my platform. Mm-hmm. This is the success of it. 
the colleges, the schools, the kids. God placing me where I need to be in the nonprofit organizations. Seeing the students when they come in to do their internship. That's the blessing. I don't get paid for this. I do this from my heart mm-hmm. from day one. I was 27 when I got diagnosed. I'm 62. Mm-hmm. They told wow. me five to 10 years I would have AIDS. I would be dead. Yeah. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. 32 years clean from crack cocaine. I'm still here. Beautiful. Car wreck when I was 12. Supposed to have been left for paralyzed. Still, I'm still here. here. Still here. Still here. I tell you, Thomas, he doesn't do this half-heartedly. Not at all. You know? Yeah. You hear it in his voice. Yeah. 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 Definitely hear it in his voice. And you mentioned, Thomas, two words, uh, bold and, and the willingness that you have and the inspiration, no doubt, that you are for so many others who may going be going through a similar struggle and don't know exactly what to do or who to turn to. And the fact that you are here with me and with Tori and sharing mm-hmm. your story and being as open as you are, because that's not easy for a lot of people to do, especially when the subject matter is this. But I right. give you the biggest hug that I possibly can through this radio. Yes. And just to say thank you, my brother, for doing what you do. I want us to take a, a very quick break and come back. We'll, we'll have definitely more time in the second half of the program. But this has just been a beautiful way to get the conversation started. In fact, when I was mentioning Tori and Thomas earlier about National HIV Testing Day on June 27th, this is the invitation, Radio Family, to join in for the courageous conversations, because this is one of the conversations that may be a little bit difficult to have, but it's necessary. And Thomas, you do this because it's necessary. Tori, you do what you do because it's necessary. And I thank you both for joining me for the first half of the weekend edition of Community Focus. Radio family, we will take a break and we're going to come back with more conversation right after this. It is more the weekend edition of Community Focus. Thank you, Radio Family, for being with us as we continue to engage in conversation and do so every weekend and right here on our Odyssey stations. And we are in the middle of a continued conversation on HIV and AIDS. Again, wanting to emphasize that National HIV Testing Day takes place June 27th. And I have clinical mental health counselor Tori Johnson joining me along with inspirational speaker and HIV and AIDS activist Thomas E. Claude Felter joining me, Renee Vaughn, as we do officially come back for part two of the weekend edition of Community Focus. Now, Tori, I want to talk about something known as PrEP, and that's P-R-E-P. What is it and how can people find out more about it? So I'll actually turn this question over to Thomas. Okay, so sure. can definitely back me up. Absolutely. He's great with this. Um, but PrEP, in short, is a medication now available to help reduce the infection or the trans transfer of HIV from partner to partner um, in sexual relationships. So yeah, I think... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's groundbreaking. It speaks to how far we've come right. from, um, you know, the beginning of the HIV um, and AIDS, I guess, pandemic or epidemic and how it started to kind of flood our community. So mm-hmm. um, groundbreaking medical medication for the to help us reduce, I guess, the transmission rates of HIV. Um, Thomas, do you want to add to that? PrEP is a preventative pill that men and women can obtain who are at high risk or feel that they are at high risk or involving themselves in high risk activities to prevent themselves from contracting HIV. And I will have questions um, as far as about insurance, where you can obtain PrEP at the event. I'm hoping that people will come out, but PrEP is a preventative pill that anybody can obtain to keep themselves from contracted HIV if they are at high risk or feel that they are involving themselves in high risk. And thank you both for sharing that information. And and let me also add to that because I've in, in terms of the conversation that we're having, I really want this event to be as supported as much as possible. So Radio Family, National HIV Testing Day, again, is June 27th. Here are more of the particulars. By the way, that is on a Sunday, and the time will be from 2 to 5 p.m., and it will take place at Getting to Happy Wellness Studio. So if you are good as far as your memory, I won't say that about mine because it comes and goes. It gets iffy on me at times. But unless you're somewhere stationary, Radio Family, and you can write this down, or if you can remember, the location will be 108 John Wesley Way. Uh, Sweet B. Sweet B, I'm sorry. You know, I'm I'm terrible with with the acronyms sometimes. So that's 108. (laughs) Thank you, Tori. You're so patient with me. 108 John Wesley Way, Sweet B, and this will take place in downtown Greensboro. And we are going to repeat that that information throughout the rest of our conversation. But again, thank you both for the particulars. And I, I wanted to backtrack a little bit because, Tori, I thought you brought up a very interesting point in mentioning that for many of us, we have heard, and, and I stress that word heard, but may not necessarily know as much about HIV and AIDS like you were you were mentioning earlier when when this pandemic happened and help me a little bit on on this because m- my knowledge may be a little bit iffy now i remember first hearing about it or at least learning somewhat about it that it, and and this is where coming into trying to dispel a lot of the myths and the misinformation because when we as a community of people were first learning about HIV or about AIDS. I do remember the one thing was everybody thought that this was only a gay man's disease, that it it wouldn't affect heterosexual individuals. It was just something that was transmitted from men to men. 
Number one, that was a myth. Secondly, where it originated. And I think when I first heard about it, it was something that only happened like out on the West Coast and California somewhere where it was happening at, at clubs and, and, and different places where there were, you know, a lot of people and it was basically crowded. But as you were saying, when it started happening to individuals that we either knew or never, ever suspected would ever contract HIV or AIDS, it just totally changed the whole dynamic. And then when you add to that, especially with you being in, in the medical profession, how doctors then, because if, if I'm not mistaken, and like I said, this is where I'm, I'm hoping that either you or Thomas can help me. This was something that was prevalent or was just being first heard about or talked about like in the mid or late 1970s. Am I correct on that? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so when we look and, and, and fast forward, because number one, let, let me say this as as a side comment. Thomas, you mentioned you were what, 62 years young? Is that what you said earlier? <laughs> yes, I'm 62. You don't look it, brother. I, I just... No, he does not. <laughs> you, you just don't. And it's like every time I see you on social media, I would have never known because I, I never knew your age as long as I have known you. I never knew exactly. I got out of the world. I got out of the world when I was seventeen. Okay. Went to prison my first time when I was seventeen. But I've been in the world since I was seventeen, and I was like I said, I was twenty-seven when I um, contracted HIV. No, I was twenty. My fault. Wait a minute. I went to prison in eighty. Yeah, I was twenty-seven, ninety. I was found out. I should have been around thirty. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the process of it all, right? And then after prison, HIV drug addiction. I mean, just through it all. Yeah. What I've done to my body, what I put in my body. I sit back and I just thank God so much because I'm not even really supposed to be living. Yeah. When I really think about it, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be dead and gone. And, and I that's think why I get, that's why I get up every day and give him grace first and foremost and do what I do. Absolutely. Because I'm right. supposed to be dead and gone. And there's nothing else left to do but bless other people with a real story, yeah. Yeah. true story. I can't, I can't sit back. People be like, why don't you write a book? God didn't want me to write the book. God didn't write no book. God was in the street sharing, testifying, killing, and blessing folks. Mm-hmm. 40 days and 40 nights. It's just been a grace to walk these streets. These communities, the businesses, everywhere, sharing this story. And you know what, Thomas? Sure, sure. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was gonna. I was just gonna say one word that comes to mind when when I listen to Thomas, Tori, and I think of humility. Mm -hmm. I also think that here you are, Thomas. This could have been a pity party for you some twenty, thirty years ago in which you could have just given up. You could have said, okay, I've got my diagnosis. I can just end it right here. Especially when you get news that is devastating, such as this, but you relied on our creator to to just turn this whole situation around. And the humility with which you show, it just impresses upon me to just say, thank you for continuing in this fight. Because... That likely was the initial response and likely still is for a person who receives a diagnosis such as this. And another thing that really comes to mind, too, is that, Thomas, you are the face of our community when we talk about HIV and AIDS, because I think for a lot of us, too, that when we hear about people, I know for me personally, the one person 
that I thought about and even to this day still think about who was in a very similar situation because with a diagnosis like this, most people aren't expecting an individual to live but so many years once they find out that they're either HIV positive or they have full-blown AIDS. And the two of you know this individual, Magic Johnson. When Magic went public and said that he had HIV, everybody was just ready to pretty much say, okay, how much longer do you have? And how many years was that before he had now announced his diagnosis? And, and look at where he is. And, and Thomas, the, the two of you just remind me so much of each other, is that in this fight, you're still surviving. You're still growing. You're still learning. But even more so, you're helping the rest of us to understand. There's definitely got to be a reason why you're still here, my brother. No question about it. And so one of the things that I made a point of, because I told you I had known of Thomas many, many years before we decided to do this event that we're doing on June 27th. Um, But I knew him through other events, through other people and that sort of thing. But I set an intention to say, I want to make sure that I actually know who Thomas is. Um, So I invited him to my office and we sat and we had a very, very open conversation. And he shared so much about him and himself and his story with me um, that I'm so forever grateful that he trusted me and found me worthy enough to hear um, those parts of his story. Right. But I said, Thomas, like there is a warrior inside of you. Oh, absolutely. That I know pushes you forward. I imagine that you that you can't do this kind of work and, and not have your experiences with depression or defeat um, or anxiety or, you know, um, still struggling to, to make sure that you're taking care of your own mental health and spiritual health exactly. as you do this good work for so many others. And so I wanted to talk to him about how he's taking care of himself mentally because I know of the psychological effects um, and the mental health effects of people who do this kind of work, right? right? And I always call it self-care for the advocate. How are we taking care of ourselves? And that is so important. That's such a big part of this. Um, Thomas shared with me a few times that sometimes, um, although people see him, sometimes he still feels like he's not being heard. Right. And so um, because, you know, he doesn't have the credentials or the education or whatever the case may be. I said, but you live this. And so I told him that I wouldn't do an event with him if he wasn't the educator, if he wasn't the person that shared the knowledge and the experience, because this is something that he lives with. He is the most qualified of us all mm-hmm. to talk about this topic and to talk about Absolutely. this subject. Right. And so I wanted to thank him so much and let him know that, you know, I don't see you, but I hear you mm-hmm. and you're not invisible. And the that you're doing is not in vain and I know that sometimes it could be difficult but I thank God for you and our entire community thanks thanks God for you Uh, Mm -hmm. we're so blessed to to have you and for you to be so courageous Mm -hmm. and so brave to share um, this with us so that more people can can go to healing and more people can know their status and know that you know they're not stigmatized or this doesn't have to be a death sentence or a curse you know what I mean like I think that is so important that people know that my brother who's a master life coach he always says that healing takes community just like celebration does 
So if we can come together and celebrate with each other, then we also can come together in the purpose of educating and leading each other to healing. And um, that's what we're hoping that this event would do as well, Renee. Beautifully said, my sister. So, Thomas, let, let me, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better myself. So let me just simply ask you, how do you feel when you hear those words being expressed from someone like Tori? He's getting emotional. I understand. I totally understand. You take your time on that. We, we can come back to it. I just thank God because it's been so long since I've heard it. Um, yeah. It's been a lot done to me. And I've shared it with Tori, mentally, emotionally. But um, to have this great woman of God support me yeah. and speak those words over me, right. it's just phenomenal. And I appreciate it so much. I'm grateful for it. I am, I'm too. For you. I'm grateful for you. Um, it's been a long time coming because I, I give so much of myself unconditionally. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I hurt. Yeah. Mentally, I hurt physically, I hurt emotionally. Half of the people don't even get to hear or see what Tori gets to see or hear right. that I share with her of my private space mm-hmm. or what you know and gets to hear of my private space. Because black people walk by me every day, have been walking by me the last 32 years <laughs> that God has sent me here to Greensboro to speak to them. And they still look me up and down with the stigma their discrimination, their attitude, their disgrace. But all you got to do is open your mouth and ask a question. Right. I'll talk to you. Exactly. And that you don't have to do too. I'm not saying everybody, but I still get it 32 years later. I still get the stigma. I still get the discrimination. I still get the attitudes, the ignorant questions. You'll never understand the life of HIV or the man or the woman, mm-hmm. no matter who they are, LGBTQ, bi, straight, gay, whatever, if you don't sit down and have a decent, respectful conversation with us, Absolutely. you will never learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A closed mind don't get fed, and a closed ear will never hear. I do this unconditionally, without shame, without fear, and as I shared with Tori, no one has even tried. I've asked over and over. I don't get no federal funding. I don't get nothing, but I do this work. I am Mr. HIV. I get asked, why do you call yourself that? Why do I not? I am the voice. I am that person. I am that dude. And there's nobody that I will allow deny me my respect or the right to speak it. Because who else is doing it in Guilford County, Greensboro, North Carolina? Nobody. And Thomas, that's why I really... Thank you and Tori both again. And I'm going to continue to say those two words because those are two words that I don't think people hear enough, particularly when we do have conversations like this. And I am just so happy that we have this platform, that we have this occasion, because we need to have these conversations. This was touched on earlier before we even got on the air with this public affairs program that these are the kind of conversations that we have to continue having because that is the only way. And Thomas, I think you said it beautifully. In order for us to understand 
we have to ask questions. We're not going to know any other way. We can't read your mind. Even if we look at you and see that you're physically sick, we still don't know what's going on on the inside. Nobody knows that but you. And to be where you are out here in these streets, like you said, you are hustling to try to get community and just the general public to have some sense of understanding because a lot of us still don't understand a lot of us are still receiving misinformation about what we're talking about and that's why I appreciate you Tori because you are in the fight with Thomas to help in the continuation of educating us we still need to learn so we can and I I emphasize two words. I said empathy and I said sympathy. There's a huge difference between the two. They may have a similar spelling, but the definition of it is to have empathy for someone is to try to put yourself in their shoes, literally, in the position that they're in and try to understand. So like you said, Thomas, instead of coming down on you, instead of disrespecting you, lift you up, brother, and to be glad that you're still here. Because if it wasn't for the two of you, who else would be an advocate for this? Who else would take the initiative to take the stand, to do what you do, and in sharing this information that's so important for the rest of us to learn so that we can understand you, so that we can lift you up, so that we can put our arms around you. And that was another misconception back in the day, too, was like if you touch somebody who had HIV or AIDS. Look where we are now. We have COVID-19. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. And even though we're getting vaccine, we're still not immune to what this pandemic can do. Right. With all these variants that are out here, who's to say what's going to happen? We may be right back where we started with this pandemic and having to be recorded. We don't know at this particular point. And Tori, too, I, I think this is another thing that is so important. And we can have a whole nother conversation on this on a future program. And I'll get with you on that. But you also brought up something that is so important within our communities, especially in our communities of color. And that is our mental health. And our yeah. mental health has been tested in so many different ways that, you know, when we think about what's taking place just in the world alone, how our Mm -hmm. mental health has just been to the breaking point for so many people. And to only imagine, Thomas, how that can be for you on a daily basis. It it just is so important that, again, to reemphasize engaging in conversations such as this. So let, let me ask, what are some... Tory and or Thomas, what are some of the common myths that you want people to stop looking at as actual myths? What are some of the myths that you can dispel right here on this public affairs program that that either one of you either hear from from people in the community that you just want to say that's just not true 
about HIV or AIDS? Well, there's many, and I'll say that we invite everybody to come out to the event to hear all of them and to really partake in the conversation. But for me, um, as a mental health therapist and hearing um, about the different stories is that there's a, a misconception that people who get HIV are nasty or dirty or reckless or irresponsible. And that's how they got it. But I'm here to tell you that I've heard stories that people share of betrayal and that they thought that their partners were, you know, um, safe enough to have sex unprotected with because they were in a romantic relationship or their husbands or wives. And so I've, I've heard a lot of stories of people trusting the person that they were with, that they were in a relationship with, not someone they met the night before or a couple of weekends ago, right? Mm-hmm. But that they really knew them, they trusted them. And it, it came from, you know, that and, the, and feeling that shame and that betrayal from the relationship. So I just wanted to just kind of debunk that myth that no, everybody who contracts HIV is not reckless or irresponsible or um, nasty or dirty or promiscuous. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thomas, did you want to add something to that? I mean, you've heard so much. It mm-hmm. comes from a monkey and all this. I mean, it's overall, what I say to the public, everybody, just get, get tested, know your status, mm-hmm. and know your status basically so that you can get in treatment. Yeah. Right. Get on medicine. Take care of yourself. Exactly. Get your primary care. So, I mean, it is so much to living. Living. <laughs> Absolutely. A, a full life. You have to be man and woman enough to know that you're not going to live if you don't get in treatment mm-hmm. and get on medication. Yeah. Right. right. Once you get in treatment and get on medication and you reduce the amount of the virus that's in your body, mm-hmm. you become undetectable, which is something that really needs to be discussed. You equals you. Undetectable, untransmittable. That's how you get to being you equals you. Mm-hmm. Treatment, medicine, sustainability, stand in treatment, stand in care, Doing what you're supposed to do, reducing the amount of virus in your body. So when they look at it and take your blood and look at it under a microscope, it's less than. That don't mean you're cured. You still have HIV, but you're undetectable because of the lower amount of the virus that's in your body. And you equals you, Bruce Richmond, who is founder, executive director of you equals you. He's on Facebook. Once again, that's Bruce Richmond. You equals you on Facebook. People look it up. Do your homework. Do your research. Absolutely. It's so important just to know in and everything about HIV, and you will get it at Courageous Conversations with Thomas Clotilde, Tori, Terry, June the 27th, National HIV Testing Day. Um, it's going down, folks. Yes. It's going to be powerful. Yes. Um, we got Angela Morgan from Piedmont Health Services and Sickle Cell Agency coming in doing the testing. Yes, thank you so much mm-hmm. for that agency. Thank you, Angela. Dropping knowledge. Absolutely. Bringing goodie bags, materials, information, swag. Um, we out here. Yeah. It's cool. And this ain't the first, this ain't going to be the first one. And it ain't gonna be the this, last. This is one. the first one. It ain't gonna be the, the last, last one. one. That's right. I hear you, brother. And I already got the city on lock. <laughs> this is my city. And definitely for for it. Sunday, June twenty seventh, two to five p.m. Yeah. Getting to Happy but Wellness Studio, one hundred eight John Wesley Way, Suite B, in downtown 
Greensboro. Radio family, you've got the information and you've gotten the knowledge straight from the source. And HIV AIDS activist and inspirational speaker Thomas E. Claude Felter and Tori Johnson, who is a clinical mental health counselor at Getting to Happy Wellness. I want to thank the both of you for this much needed conversation here on the weekend edition of Community Focus. You are officially radio family, which means with me, Renee Vaughn, and this is on record, you two. There are never any goodbyes with me just until next time. And I'm really hoping that I can be in reconnection with the two of you between now and before June 27th. So let's make that happen. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Renee. Thank you both. Love you both. Dearly continue to do what you are doing in our communities. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you, Radio Family. The good things that you are doing in our communities as well, as we do officially bring to a close another weekend edition of Community Focus. Please, everyone, stay safe and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Indeed, until that next time, take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.